Everybody ready? Let's get rolling. This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway, right here in Orem. Come see us. I want to remind you about our friends at uh, Ken Garf Chrysler Jeep Dodge Ram. Buy your next uh, car at Ken Garf West Valley Used Cars. Now with more than 600 used vehicles in stock, they have Utah's largest pre-owned inventory in one location. Stop by and see them today. Gordon, we're going to talk to our good friend Sam Amick coming up here momentarily. We'll ask him about everything going on NBA-wise. Uh, some news coming across the wire. Kyrie Irving is going to have shoulder surgery. Oh, he boy. is done for the rest oh, of the year. Oh, wow. How about that? Wow. So, uh, you know, I, I think the Nets' plan was all about next year. Yeah. So maybe this isn't a huge blow, but uh, he is done for the remainder. All right. Let's get to your daily assist. Austin, hit it. It's time for your NBA fix. This is the Big Show Daily Assist. Featuring all the latest news and insight on the association. Now joining the Big Show. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, Sam Amick. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Daily Assist brought to you by Lee's Heating and Air. Check them out online, leesheatac.com. Out to the Sprint special guest line we go. Senior NBA writer for The Athletic, our good friend Sam Amick. Hi, Sam. How are you? Good afternoon, guys. Doing well. Did you manage to uh, have any fun or take a break during the All-Star break, or have you been just hammering it through? No, I, I did. You know, all it takes to know that I, I got a breather was to, is to look at my story archive. I haven't written in a few days. <laughs> um, I uh, we went down to San Francisco as a family, and ironically, I'm, I'm actually back there now to watch this game tonight between the Rockets and the Warriors. But uh, we, we did a little bit of Alcatraz. We we went to, to some of the, uh, the the touristy sites and, and sounds around San Francisco over the weekend. So that was fun. So what was your impression of Alcatraz? i got to ask you that because I've been fascinated by historical sites like that, and I've never actually gone there. I've seen it many times, but never actually experienced that. What were your impressions? So, Gordon, uh, I grew up uh, in a town called Pleasanton, about 40 minutes from San Francisco. So for me, it was an interesting thing because I went there a lot as a kid on field trips. But, I mean, if I had to guess, it had probably been 25, 30 years since I had been there. Um, my my first reaction was, now that I'm the one who's got to pay the bills, I, I looked at the the, uh, the price tag and I said, man, 150 bucks for four people? Like, my gosh. They, uh, you know, what we later learned that was actually pretty interesting is that the it takes a pretty obscene amount of money to keep Alcatraz – uh, even in the condition that it's in, the, the the ocean is just beating it up in a, a pretty incredible way. But all in all, I mean, it's an incredibly interesting place. It's obviously, you know, the most notorious prison I think in the history of the country, uh, and a place that, because of the geography, is is just uh, equal parts, you know, haunting and hellish. Where it's the island, uh, just I think it's a mile and a quarter off of the San Francisco coastline. And when you're on that island, you just put yourself in the prisoners, you know, shoes and think about how they, they had this terrible existence and they would always kind of be tortured by, by, you know, looking at one of the most beautiful cities in the world 
and, and it seemed so close, but I'm sure so far away. So it was it was pretty deep. So do you think the guys who purportedly or supposedly or might have escaped on uh, what they do, blow up some sort of uh, contraption of some sort to to escape? Did they really, were they successful, Sam, or you think not? If I'm handicapping it, I, I think not. In fact, it's funny, the night before we made the trip, we watched a, an hour-long documentary about that escape attempt, and, and some scientists tried to recreate all of the conditions within the bay uh, based on everything from like the historically accurate reconstruction of the raft, which was essentially them collecting a bunch of uh, raincoats, like the stock raincoats that the, the guards on the island would wear. They, they kept kind of getting their hands on those and, and storing them and hiding them away, and then eventually stitching those coats together uh, into, into what eventually was the raft. But, I mean, this, this, these scientists tried to recreate it in prime conditions, uh, and, and they were unsuccessful. So I think the, uh, the smart money is on the fact that those guys probably got, uh, you know, pulled out into the bay underneath the Golden Gate Bridge and, and off into their end. Oh, wow. Man. Speaking of escaping from prison, have the Cavs uh, escaped uh, <laughs> with their recent move? Well, seriously, what do you make of that whole thing? What do you, it's just like, uh, it's kind of like a zoo there, uh, all the aftermath of, uh, of what it is for place. sure. I mean, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a, one of our guys and, uh, Jason Lloyd, Joe Varden, Sean Sharani and Kelsey Russo, uh, at our place did a really good job on the story. And, and one of their pieces had a line that talked about how John Beeline was not the problem. He was the symptom. And he had plenty of mistakes that he made on his own, a ton of them. In fact, but there is this long history now, even when LeBron was there, of choices being made where it, it's, you know, and they're not the only organization to struggle with this, but when ownership and management try to pretend that they're on the same page, but they're truly not, and they make decisions in a push-and-pull type of way that's just not a, a creative, positive energy, a lot of times it leads to this. So the beeline higher appears to have been driven by Dan Gilbert. And then, you know, Kobe Altman, their GM, uh, in this reporting I found really interesting, he, he gave J.B. Bickerstaff a salary of about $1.8 million, which for an assistant coach, it's, you know, it's going to be one of the highest in the league, if not the highest. I think Jason Kidd's probably the highest at this point. But um, the point being that it was like you, you almost built this thing to fail because you, you knew that JB needed to be properly compensated so that if he had to take over at some point, you know, he would, he'd feel up to that challenge. And so maybe they didn't see that happening six months in, but it does appear that they, they saw that happening at some point. And John's part, I mean, it's, it's pretty mind blowing to hear the stories about the way he ran the team, the way he kind of drove these NBA players into the ground with his, with his style and his routine and, you know, Jackie McMullen from ESPN, who's about as irrefutable as anybody in the business has said on a podcast the other day that, that, you know, just to give you an idea that at one point Beeline had apparently uh, considered having a practice on Christmas day, you know, your team's not even playing on Christmas day. And, and that's the kind of thing that fans might shrug their shoulders and say, Oh, cry me a river. But like, that's just, it just does not happen in the NBA. You you have a marathon schedule, 82 games. You know, those are the types of things you don't do unless you had a long, long, successful college coaching career 
and you just decided to take that blueprint and just put it right on NBA players and think it was going to work. Sam Amick with us, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Sam, want to get your thoughts on the All-Star game, uh, the, the format certainly, and uh, Rudy and Donovan's performance as well. Yeah, the format was great. Um, you know, I hadn't heard of Dr. Elam um, ever, and then now all of a sudden can't get away from him, and he's the, the <laughs> inventor of, you know, the, the ending of these games, something that has been used in the past on what's called the, the basketball tournament, something that uh, Chris Paul the head of the players union recommended to Adam Silver. And as you guys know, you know, no timing, uh, no clock in the fourth quarter. And you essentially, you get to a target score. Uh, and so the intent is that there's got to be a game winning shot instead of one team being up by 20 and, and the game kind of just teetering out at the end and, and not being very exciting. You have instead what we had, but you know, that also requires the players playing with passion and playing on both ends of the floor. And I mean, that fourth quarter, you know, I'm going to go back whenever I have a few spare minutes and, and go watch it on YouTube just for fun. I mean, those players, we know how talented they are. We don't ever get to see that collection of talent on the same floor. It was a lot of fun to uh, to see them do their thing and actually care. Donovan and Rudy, you know, this is me being just, just trying to be real, guys. I, I watched part of the third quarter. I watched the entire fourth. There wasn't a, a ton of Donovan and Rudy during that time, so I, I know Rudy blocked a bunch of shots and had some fun on that front, you know, and, and beyond that, it seemed like those guys were not necessarily part of the, the, the coaches. They seemed to kind of decide that there was, you know, these old heads were going to go out and play ball together near the end. I mean, there were, you know, especially on the East side, there wasn't much rotating going on. Um, but you know, it was, it was fun all in all. And, and obviously the jazz were, were, uh, well represented. Yeah, uh, Sam. In fact, uh, Rudy, who had 21 points and 10 boards, or 11 boards, was it? Uh, and, and people were a little upset around here that he did not see any uh, playing time in the fourth quarter, that he might have made a difference defensively since Team Giannis had the lead uh, and then squandered it. it. It was exciting to watch in the fourth quarter, but, you know, folks here, fans want to see their guys play. And it didn't happen. I did think it was interesting that in that fourth quarter, uh, Nick Nurse had all Eastern Conference players on the floor for Team Giannis, and uh, the, we- the, uh, the Team LeBron was all Western Conference players. I don't know if that was coincidence or what, but it was a fact. Right. I know, and, and I'm still obviously, you know, drilling it into my head that it's, you know, Team LeBron and Team Giannis, but I only, you know, Nick Nurse and Frank Vogel know exactly where their heads were at. I, I did think on the Vogel side, you know, that because he's the Lakers coach, I, I was looking at the guys that he was playing, and there's certainly a thread between a lot of them in terms of players who had uh, deeper relationships with Kobe Bryant, and it almost felt like I think that's probably – at least in part, where Frank's head was at. Um, you would think, though, that, that 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 would have equated on the team Giannis to somebody like a Jimmy Butler who didn't play much at all in the fourth quarter, if at all. And so that was a little bit surprising. But, again, all in all, fun. And, and not only fun, but I talked to somebody from the NBA today and I was telling them that I was just very happy that nobody got hurt, you know, because they're, they're playing so hard. But that's that's the only thing that could have ruined it is if somebody pulled up lane and thankfully that didn't happen. Sam, what team uh, in LA do you like the most at the moment? Um, you know, I, I enjoy 
watching the Lakers more. Uh, so the heart tells me the Lakers based on entertainment value and, and then honestly the vibe between their players and their, their environment and their culture and the style of their leaders and their personalities. Um, but I'm going to have to put all that on the side and say that the brain and the evidence right now would give a slight edge to the Clippers. I mean, not only have they won both of the meetings between the two teams, but they won at the trade deadline. You could argue maybe even won too much. I'm not really sure to what degree Reggie Jackson is going to help them, but if nothing else, getting Reggie Jackson and, you know, if this is if this was a motivation, you better not tell Reggie, um, kept him away from the Lakers. Uh, they needed another playmaker and another ball handler because when LeBron's off the floor, they fall off a cliff offensively. But Marcus Morris, uh, you know, and, and just what the Clippers have been able to do in general, where they are, I think I'll give them the edge. Who's the best team in the league? Is it the Bucks or is it the you know are the two teams in the West? I yeah, mean, it, no, it's, it's the Bucks. It's hard to say. And that's, I think it's the Bucks. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're not alone, Gordon, to 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 ponder the question. I, I've been on a soapbox lately, preaching about the Bucks because. Uh, I, I'm just a sucker for once you dive into the numbers, once you see the dominance, once you see it in historical context, it's just, it, you know, I don't know. I, I can't, I'm not going to bet my mortgage on the fact that they get the job done and they win the championship, but it's just hard not to call them the favorites because of how incredibly dominant they have been. I mean, it's very reminiscent of the Warriors in not even their 73 win year, but the 2014-15, I believe it was, when, you know, Steph was basically only playing the first three quarters of the game because they were so dominant. That's what's happening this year with Giannis. Uh, you know, if you prorate his numbers on a per-48-minute basis, he's doing stuff that has never been done before. We're talking, you know, Will Chamberlain-level uh, obscene numbers. Now, Will actually did those numbers because he would play 45 minutes a game in some, some years, and Giannis is coming in at 30 minutes a game. But um, they're incredibly dominant, and you know I think we are still guilty of overlooking them. So if you uh, if I gave you a, a choice of let's say uh, well those three teams the Lakers the Clippers and the Bucks versus the field I know you're not a betting man but if you were going to make that bet would you go with one of the three over the field? Um, so that the presumption is, I mean, that's basically a question of how do I feel about Houston, Utah, Boston, Toronto, Philly, you know? Yeah, I, I mean, think I would, I'd probably take those three. Um, would you? you know, I feel like the rest of them are a tier below and then even part of the motivation to get to this Warriors game tonight is I haven't seen the small ball rockets in person yet since they got Robert Covington and sent Clint Capella out, um, I think they're two and two, um, but you know the the analytics have been pretty good. So we'll see what I think about Houston. But I I do think those three um, are are head and shoulders above. Again, with I, I think the Bucks are in a class all their own. But but there's definitely a drop off after those three. Sam, thank you as always. Enjoy San Francisco in the game tonight. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. See you. Thanks, Sam. Sam Amick, senior NBA writer for The Athletic. I loved hearing him talk about Alcatraz. I know he's an NBA writer. 
But that stuff is fascinating to me. I know you're a bit of a student of history. Yeah, as well. and and Sam is a he's a really interesting person. He's yeah. a, he's a really interesting guy. So always a pleasure to have him on once a week and does incredible things at the Athletic. If you're not a subscriber, recommend it to not only for Sam but many many great writers. Let me ask this question of our listeners, and you can contact us at, at Gordon Monson or at Jake Scott Zone. Um. If you, of all the places you visited, historically speaking, which one impacted you the most? It's a selfish question on my part, but I'd, I'd like to know. Because our listeners are darn smart, mm. even the ones that rip, rip us on a regular basis. But they're really smart. If you've had an experience at a historical site that really meant something to you or that you would recommend, I'd, I'd love to hear that. Okay, this is a little outside the box. I don't know if this would be my real answer if I had a chance to think about it. Uh-huh. But the first two places to come to mind are either the Met or uh, the Chicago Art Institute, because you're looking at stuff from history. Uh-huh. Pretty, you know, uh-huh. pretty amazing works of art. Like at the Chicago Art Institute, it has Van Gogh's self-portrait where he has is oh. missing the ear. Oh yeah, you know, and mm. and so maybe one of those because I guess it's not like Mount Vernon or something where it's a historical place, but it is full of history. Okay. How about that? All right. I'll tell you a place that I had that uh, an experience that was different than yours uh, for, I guess, different reasons. But the first time I went to Dealey Plaza. All right. That, that uh, I felt that. All right. You know. That's a good one. Because that happened when I was quite young. But I remember watching those events, uh, you know, and the... When JFK was assassinated, uh, so when I went there, I I I almost ran because I we pulled up in the car and we parked in the back and and then we just we I, I wanted to see it, and then they have a fantastic uh, museum there uh, as a part of that Texas School Book Depository up on the, uh, the I think the sixth and seventh floors. Uh, that made an impact on me. Uh, so if anybody has any other suggestions. Contact us, uh, and uh, I'd like to know. All right. Uh, we are live at the Warehouse 86 East University Parkway, their new location right here in Orem. Our good friend Tom joins us once again. And, uh, Tom, I don't know how you continue to outdo yourself, but you continue to do it. Well, we're trying to bring deals every day. Uh, we are the Warehouse, Utah's best prices on name brand furnitures every single day and when we get a deal we pass the deal on to our customers gordon just got to go play on that bassett yeah italian leather double reclining that chase that is a beautiful piece of that's furniture. a two thousand dollar deal we have four left five hundred ninety nine dollars you you can't buy a bassett leather recliner for five ninety nine let alone a double reclining. This is the ultimate cuddler for your sweetheart or your dog <laughs> or your cat. I, I, have, I had no, no even a notion in my mind that I wanted something like that until I went and sat on, laid down on that. That is that, incredible. You got to come. If, if you're even thinking that you might need a piece of furniture like that, this is the come uh, check, go check that out. Yeah, and hey, you said Hans loved it too. Right? It's the Hans special. Listen, I have another deal. Cindy Crawford. We have a three-piece, and this is all leather. Uh, 
Sometimes when they make leather, most companies, when they make leather, it's leather to the touch. So if you can touch it, it's leather. But on the sides, on the back, they save money and don't do leather. This is the entire deal, Mm. Italian leather. Beautiful chocolate and champagne color. I have a three-piece set, a sofa, a love seat, and a chair and a half. And you've seen it before. Yeah, yeah. It's a we're gonna we're gonna do something incredible. All right. Our competitor has this for fifty four hundred dollars for the whole set. The sofa is twenty four hundred dollars. There, I'm gonna do the entire deal. The extension of our President's Day celebration today, tomorrow, Saturday. How about the entire three piece set, twenty one hundred dollars. It's it's an incredible deal. And then don't forget, if you are out looking for a new mattress, if you need a mattress for a spare bedroom, we are Utah's lowest prices on mattresses. But I have adjustable bed deals that are cheaper than our competitors just for a mattress. We talked about the queens. I'm going to give you the king deal again. I have a customer here right now buying the king deal. I have a king, and it's a 10-inch gel-infused memory foam mattress with head-up and foot-up adjustable bed. The entire deal for $899. let us say you want better. I have head-up, foot-up, split king with 14-inch latex hybrid mattress set. This is the this is the package that they did at the home show for like $4,900. I'm 1999. Then, if you want the best deal, and we talked our first break today, uh, we had a couple come in. It was $8,000. They were ready to buy it. The husband says, we, we, I heard this on the zone. We, we at least have to go look there. So the wife came down. The husband came down. They bought it uh, Tuesday night. They were out the door for $3,300. Or $3,357. I looked it up, including setup tax, a free mattress protector, and the package that our competitors was eight thousand dollars. Twenty nine ninety nine plus tax and delivery. Thirty three fifty seven. Come and see us. All right, 86 East University Parkway or 1967 South 300 West right there in Salt Lake City. Uh, We'll have more of the big show coming up next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Want to remind you, purchase a Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat ticket to an upcoming jazz game and receive unlimited hot dogs, soda, popcorn, nachos, and ice cream. Starting as low as $37 a ticket, visit utahjazz.com or call 325-2999 to buy your Ford Fan Zone all-you-can-eat tickets now. Lots of suggestions coming in, Gordon, for uh, how did you how did you uh, posed a question. A historical site that uh, made an impact on you that you would recommend visiting. Uh, yeah. And uh, yeah, we're going to, want to read some of those. Uh, let's see. Uh, Kobe uh, suggests Rome by far. Oh, Rome, Rome, Rome is, would be a good Rome one. Rome is spectacular. Uh, is. Nate says the 9 11 Memorial or Berlin Wall Memorial. Mm. Um, Josh 
says a special feeling at Independence Hall in Philadelphia. Uh, That'd be one I'd I'd like to see. Here's another one I'd like to see. Uh, Guthrie Insurance suggests Grave of Unknown Soldier and Gettysburg. Both places had me a little emotional, grateful, and humbled. Spent a weekend in Gettysburg once, and uh, yeah, that place. I hear what you're saying. I was going to make a joke that you participated in the battle, but I decided. No, that decided happened. Uh, but uh, but uh, Paul was a part of that. Paul. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. Which Andy's, side? Yeah, right. That's actually a bad question. Well, Paul was on the north side, but his cousin was on the south, uh. and his cousin's name was. Uh, well, I don't know what his name was. Oh, okay. Oh. I see. Uh, Andy says the National Holocaust Memorial Museum is amazing and will completely ruin you, your day for all the right reasons. Oh, well said. Uh, Taylor says Valley Forge, uh, knowing this is where our young country had its backs against the wall before ultimately winning our independence, produced quite the humble reverence. And I can, uh, I can uh, back that. Valley Forge. I, mean, I took my parents there. Uh, I went with my parents uh, to see that. And uh, it is, uh, when you think about what was at stake, pretty uh, pretty amazing. That was, uh, well put, Taylor, that was the backs against the wall moment. You better believe Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, Washington's so. army was a mess at that time. And when you go through and you see what was, uh, the, well, I don't know whether it's been recreated or it's left over. Uh, it certainly has been restored, uh, but uh, to some degree, it, humble, humble circumstances for those, for those uh, soldiers uh, who are battling for freedom for our country. And so, wasn't that attack on Christmas or Christmas Eve or something along those lines? That I don't recall. Because I'd have to look that up. We talked about John Beeline making his team practice on Christmas. How about, hey, guys, guess how we're going we're gonna to cross this river today? I uh, I grew up probably, I don't know, I would say. Or crossing of the maybe, Delaware. Maybe 15 miles from Valley Forge. And uh, maybe 20. I don't, I'm not exactly sure. But uh, that was a place that made an impact on me for sure keep those common man yeah, the, i love the, that stuff the, sorry the crossing of the delaware was december 25th 1776 yeah. so that was i'm getting that because valley forge of course was all winter long right uh well yeah but yeah that's right they did camp there through through uh, inclement weather and it was brutally cold and this is because our friend Sam Amick brought up uh, visiting Alcatraz with his family when he got a few days off uh, during the All-Star Okay, break. so we got Valley Forge. We got the National Holocaust Memorial Museum. We got Gettysburg and the Grave of the Unknown, the Tomb of the Unknown Sh- Soldier. We got Independence Hall in Philly. Uh, we got the Berlin Wall uh, Memorial and the 9-11 Memorial. Uh-huh. Boy, that one would be sobering, wouldn't it? And then Rome, the city of Rome. I, I uh, I've been to I, I was thinking about it a little bit more. Pearl Harbor certainly had that moment yes. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Until I got in the fight with a national, uh, with a uh, national, uh, what what it like would a be. fist fight it would be uh, the uh, what what would you call it? national park? Uh-huh. I think uh, what ranger. What'd you fight over? Well, I was on the memorial. And I was sitting there, and I was being very reverent and whatnot, and I was there with a large group of people, not large group, but uh, maybe six or seven people, and they, the six of them got on the, 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 uh, the, the, the thing, what do you call it? 
you know, the shuttle. Okay. The, uh, like the boat? The ferry? ferry. And, uh, and I was with the group, and he, he stopped me. And everybody else was allowed on. So? Was the, was the ferry full? No, I could not. Uh, come on. I, I mean, like legally, me on like there? Lo- legally full. Like they can only let so. so many people on the boat. You know, that's a thing, right? Oh, well, I don't think so. Come on. And you how not, dare you they do that? You think I was going to sink the boat? How dare they do that uh, <laughs> uh, with the great Gordon Monson? He, he who was just talking about how noble it was to snitch if people are breaking <laughs> the rules. <laughs> Wanted them to break federal regulations so you wouldn't be separate from your group for five minutes. Well, if you visit any other sites, please pass it along to Jake, How did Scott, we get there? Jake Scott Zone and uh, Gordon Monson. All right. I, I love that stuff. Have you been to Ford Theater? I have not. Where no. Abraham Lincoln was. Uh, that, that was sobering. That was sobering. But uh, anyway, if you have a suggestion, please pass it of, along. Of one of those, uh, one of those spots. Uh, we were down here, Gordon. We just had a, a Gonzaga fan uh, swoop in. Important weekend for BYU, but uh, you know, hopefully they don't stub their toe tonight. But setting up a top twenty-five showdown between the, the Zags and the Cougs on Saturday. Yes, please. Yeah, and I asked Tim Lacombe about that, and he said he's a former BYU assistant coach, and he said he thinks the Cougars will have a real shot in that game. I will be covering that game, and uh, I'm not sure I'm convinced that BYU has a shot. BYU is shooting the ball so freaking well right now, and, you know, you got a shooter's chance. And, 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 you know, I mean, they're really, really – a step above what you've seen out of BYU teams in recent years, for sure. But I don't know whether they can beat the Zags. Now, BYU has had a history of they beat the Zags a couple years. Uh, so, you know, maybe they can do it on, on favorable conditions on their home floor. But we'll see. Uh, but BYU is to be taken seriously. Got to beat Santa Clara tonight, obviously. Uh, but that uh, game on Saturday at 8 o'clock on ESPN2. And... Man, if, if BYU could play their way into some good seating in the NCAA tournament, maybe it would be possible for them to rattle off a couple of games. I'll tell you what. I've they, heard people talk about five seed, six seed, seven seed. I mean, that would in that be range. hugely advantageous. There's no doubt. But, BYU, as you know, barely got by San Diego. Barely. So, I mean, yeah, basketball is a crazy sport that way. But uh, certainly they are playing at a level that you would expect them to have a shot. See, I think they're a little more than just a shooter's chance, though, for one reason, Gordon, because they have that shooting. I mean, best in the country. It's pretty darn good. Uh, But they also have a go-to bucket guy with Yoli Yoli. Childs, which I I think makes this team multidimensional, which gives them uh, a different look than BYU teams of the past. It's true. Uh, It kind of in a similar fashion, um, but Yoli – Yoli's got a different game, but similar fashion to what Brandon Davies gave the Jimmer era. And Jimmer was kind of the one-man shooting machine, whereas BYU now has really three or four guys that, that really can do that damage. But, I mean, Yoli is that go-to guy to get a bucket, and I think he's better at it than Brandon Davies was. But they have that multifaceted mm-hmm. team where they can do it different ways, and I think it makes them a lot better. So let me ask you this question then, Jake, and I really am interested in the answer because I'm trying to find it. What is different about this team? Is it Mark Pope? Because most of these players are Dave Rose's players. Well, I mean, I mean yeah, they Jacob Toulson is pretty important in what they do. Yeah, I mean, let's I, not, I, I, let's I, I not ignore that. that. Yeah, 
Yeah, he's they poor. added a player that got an offer basically to transfer to Duke. So let's and conti- so let's not pretend okay. that. I all mean, right, all right, all right. Really I'll branch good. to that. But the rest of them, you know, Yoli's really good. We knew Yoli was really good. And, of course, he was going to get a little better his senior year. You would expect that. Do you, and think, Haas, Pope, do you think Pope has made a difference from a coaching perspective? Okay, yes, in this sense, is that he's a fresh voice in the locker room. Yeah. And sometimes I think that that can help uh, get more out of players. But I also don't know if we know exactly who he is uh, as a coach at BYU. Because he was handed a, a pretty full cupboard, as you just pointed out. I mean, yeah, so but he's a, got a, yeah, but a team that did not make it to the NCAA tournament. And True. now it looks like they're on their way. Uh, Mark Pope is one of the most positive people I've ever been around. At least that's the way he comes across. I don't know what he's like behind closed doors. But he is remarkably enthusiastic, remarkably positive about well, darn near everything. Yeah. Speaking of being positive, I got to give a shout out to our listener, Paul, who came by here. Okay. One of my favorite things about coming to the warehouse and about going to our, some of our other remote locations is meeting the many listeners who come by. The many Monson fans, the no, Monsonites. No, no, no. Fans of you, fans of the show, fans of, uh, you know, the station as a whole. The Monsonians. Paul is uh, it was a, a mature gentleman who came by who uh, had nice things to say, Jake, and you weren't here, so I thought I'd pass it along right. to you. Paul, thanks. And we met his beautiful daughter who was buying furniture here, I think. Well, smart family. Thanks for coming by, Paul. We appreciate it. Yeah. All right, coming up next, we have the Not Sports Report. As Gordon mentioned, we're live at the Warehouse 86 East University Parkway right here in Orem. More straight ahead, 97.5 and 1280 of the zone. This is Tony Parks and Austin Horton. Speaking of donations to charity, yeah, I got booed at my play. Yes, you did. Austin is performing in a play. I would donate $100 if uh, you guys just rain down the cascade of boos when it was Austin's turn to take that final bow. Yeah, just mine. Just his. And all for fun. I saw the little video. And people oh, yeah. were just bringing it. And I forgot to tell everyone else in the show. <laughs> Apparently, there were some that weren't too happy about it. That's not theater etiquette, Tom. <laughs> but it was for a great cause, and I, and I have confirmation that you came through. Tony Parks and Austin Horton, weekdays from 10 to noon on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Check this out. And now, your not sports report on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, live from the warehouse in Orem, 86 East University Parkway in the old Toys R Us building. Stop by and see us. Time for the Not Sports Board, brought to you by the LHM Used Car Supermarket. Over 1,000 used vehicles in inventory. Shop online, lhmusedcars.com. David Locke going to join us in the 5 o'clock hour. But until then, Gordo, where are we going today? We're going to Olivehurst, California. Okay. All right. Um. Okay, Jake, put yourself in the shoes of this individual, okay? He's paragliding, right? He's out there paragliding around and uh, zipping around, and I think it's one of these deals that's motorized. Okay. Not just one of those. All right. That, 
Anyway, while he was trying to land at uh, Yuba County Airport, and he was having some difficulty uh, controlling his uh, flying machine. And, uh, well, let me just uh, read this report, okay? Okay. Emergency crews rescued a paraglider after he became trapped in power lines near the Yuba County Airport. Jeez. So he got all tangled up in a bunch of power lines. That can't be good. Just after 5 p.m. Wednesday, the Yuba County Sheriff's Office says they got a call about a paraglider who had crashed on Sky Harbor Drive. The paraglider was struggling to land in the area when he became entangled in the power lines, according to the sheriff's office. Now, let me give you the rest here. Um, uh, the fire department battalion uh, chief, uh, Randy York, said that Pacific Gas and Electric needed to make sure all the energy was drained from the wires before they could physically contact the man. And this is the quote, all right? All right. Our main focus was letting him know to stay in contact with the aircraft, not to try to reach out, touch us, or move around as much so that the aircraft stayed still and wouldn't potentially fall. Now, I'm reading between the lines there, and I'm thinking nobody wanted to touch him because nobody else wanted to get electrocuted. And the guy was not getting electrocuted, though, currently. As he was. Yeah. Okay. So they told him to stay still and don't touch anybody. Well, if it's not happening then, probably a pretty good idea not to tempt fate, no? <laughs> well, anyway, three hours later, after the crash, two firefighters lowered the man back to the ground, and he was transported to a hospital for evaluation. I'm telling you right now, when you're stuck in power lines and you're that high off the ground, okay, now you could be electrocuted, all right? That would be no fun. Or you could fall out of the power lines and die in a crash. And you're stuck up there for three hours not knowing what's going to happen to you? That is a long time to hang in the power lines. You know what I would have done to try and get him down? What? What happened when you were a, a kid and, and like one of your balls, like a basketball or football, got stuck in a tree? Uh, you try and climb the tree and shake it down. Oh, I was going to say you threw rocks right. at it until it fell. Or other <laughs> bats and balls. So yeah, you right. Would, you would throw rocks at the paraglider? Until he fell out of the power lines, yeah. That sounds merciful. Well, I would have I come down to the warehouse first and got something soft for him <laughs> to land on, like a mattress of some sort. And then I would have proceeded to throw rocks at him until he fell down. I see. I see. You know, this is why you're not a firefighter, thankfully. Yeah, that's why. <laughs> exactly. What do you think, Austin? You know, or you're you're right. Other objects. I mean, whatever you have handy, rocks, you know, uh, bats, balls, whatever. Yeah, a really long broom of some kind on the stand on top of a ladder. I don't know. I think if I, you you hit him just right with a softball, I think he's coming right down. <laughs> yeah, it's aim you. aim for the areas. Yeah. You got you guys got no you got no soul. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know what to say. I've got awesome. a man hanging from power lines for three hours, and you're making jokes about chucking objects at him. I bet Austin and I could have got him down in under three hours. Yeah, but how about alive? Sure. We, I told you we'd have injured, something soft underneath. But alive. Not even injured. Maybe a little bruise. Yeah, well, you can't get out of this thing, you know, without some kind of uh, mark. It's well, going to happen. Fall, if you fall 30, 40 feet, you think it's going to be bruises? 
Well, I mean, let's let's ask Tom. Tom, if we if we got out the the Cadillac of mattresses from the warehouse, <laughs> and some moron paraglider fell thirty feet onto one of those gel, maybe gel infused bad boys. The fourteen inch one, Tom. How is he? How is he landing? Uh, on his head? No, no, no. You, well, you don't know if but, you're chucking a softball at him we, or something. We tell him to land on his back. This, oh, this, this is that. a true what, is story. Is he a gymnast? This is a true story, and I'll show you video later. My son Clayton put two mattresses. Uh, it was a 14-inch gel hybrid and a Stearns and Foster, and he jumped out of the rafters on his back with no problem. Here? Yeah. Off that ceiling See, right there. Uh, the, I have video. You know, I, I think Clayton should have been in the movie Jackass. <laughs> I mean, he is kind of a daredevil, isn't he? He is. He sometimes has two screws too See? loose. See, but I'm telling you, that paraglider would be fine. I'm glad you're so certain. Totally Jake, if you ever get caught in power lines, I'm going to bring a bag of rocks. <laughs> That's what I'm bringing. <laughs> and that's it. You know, if I'm ever dumb enough to get caught up in some power lines, you feel free. Well, he didn't do it on purpose. He lost control of the contraption. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe he shouldn't have been on said contraption. <laughs> anyway, we're here at the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway in Orem. And uh, what are we talking about now, Tom? What do you want to get out there? Let's talk about uh, furniture deals. Let's do it. How about uh, we talk about, again, this big fabric, oatmeal, sand, whatever you want to call it. Great big sectional, four recliners, a couple of consoles, so it's got four cup holders. It's got the wedge. Normally 2200 bucks, only 1399 There's only two left. It's an incredible deal. How big I, of a room does, do folks need? This? this needs to be at least... 12, 14 feet wide. Okay. Big sectional. Nice sectional. For that price, it's an incredible deal. I also have a chocolate and a gray, and I have a couple of each. This is uh, this is not leather, but it's the simulated polyurethane. Really great for families. You can spill on it, just wipe it off. It's also a great big sectional with four recliners. This one has LED lights underneath it. Nice. Kind of cool. And it's regular, 2400 bucks. I've got uh, gray and chocolate brown, $1,399. Mm. Uh, if you're out, how about this buckskin, that great big beautiful sectional? Right here? Just over this couch. Yeah. Oh, okay. That thing is regular $2,900. We can do that for $1,499. Wow. Incredible deals. And then don't forget the Bassett. Double reclining chase. This is real Italian leather. Sweet. It's a night. Not. It's not just sweet. It's uh. It's a little bit better than sweet. <laughs> What's better than sweet? Can you imagine watching a movie with your honey and oh. just cuddling on that baby? Uh, I. That I, is sweet. You don't strike me as much of a cuddler. I am a cuddler. I don't believe. Oh, it. I am a. I'm a great hugger. <laughs> not a chance. Oh, I am. Not a Come chance. here. No. <laughs> not gonna do it. I'm telling you right now. I'm gonna start play by play. This is getting awkward for Jay. It is yeah, getting awkward. It's gonna be weird. No, no, I'm not gonna do it. <laughs> hug me. Come on. No. Oh, buy me that recliner. Oh, I'm gonna save you, Jake. <laughs> it's made by Bassett, real Italian leather. It's regular two thousand dollars. We have four of them. 
500 when you see this yeah. you're going to say are you kidding me you cannot buy a Bassett leather recliner for that price and, and, and Tom dragged me back there and I jumped on that thing and I said 599 are you I would have guessed three or four times that much leather is graded on a scale of 1 to 4 and this is about probably a 3.8. This is really nice butter soft leather. It's wow. really nice. And then last but not least, the Cindy Crawford Special. This is nice premium stuff. This is leather everywhere. The back of it's leather. Two colors, champagne and chocolate brown. Three-piece set, regular 50, 5900 bucks. The entire deal this weekend only. We're going to cut this off at Saturday, 2100 bucks. Wow. Get down here. Take advantage of it. It's the warehouse, 86 East University Parkway. Don't forget about their Salt Lake location as well, 1967 South, 300 West. More coming up next in the 5 o'clock hour on the big show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. This, this, this is Hans Olsen and Scotty G. It's what you want. My kids, when they commit to a university and a coach, I'm going to help them understand that just because transfers open up all across the country and you got a one-time transfer, it still limits a huge portion of a team from transferring because not everybody's got scholarships to just welcome transfers. You better really think this through. This cannot be a knee-jerk thing for you because what you're going to end up is without a scholarship. And, and there's kids in the portal that left thinking they'd find somewhere, and they're still hanging in the portal. Yeah, I think there's a large group of kids that think, well, I'm going to go into the portal, and everybody's going to love me. You better be a Devontae Henry Cole kind of situation where... As soon as your name hit, you had phone calls from everybody. Yep. Catch Hans and Scotty every day from noon to 3. Presented by your Rocky Mountain Chevy dealers. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone. And The Zone Sports Network.